COVID has changed the world. It's changed the way we think about travel and health and safety and investments too. In this special episode of Market Matters, we'll share how we see the future in big picture terms. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbeds. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters is we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners. Yes, and by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this special episode of Market Matters. This is our third of three special episodes in our Mid-Year Outlook series. You've already heard what we think about the world and how we manage that in a portfolio. Now it's time to sit back and think about the future. One of the best pieces of investment advice I've ever received is to try and read books about the world, not just day-to-day articles. And that's the kind of vibe we're going for here today. After several months of economic and market mayhem, let's take a step back from all all of that and think about long-term, big picture, blue sky ideas. I love it. The third piece of our outlook was actually inspired by our chief investment officer, Jay Yoon, and leaders in some of our investment boutiques. And the idea was this. For many investors, it's really best to think about investing as a genuine investment in a company or a strategy. What do you think is going to survive and thrive in the future? Answering that question is always super hard, but it gives us the opportunity to think creatively about the changes that COVID-19 has brought to the world. So true, but it's not always an easy exercise. And what we see in business and technology is this concept called the S-curve, the idea that actually people and processes change really, really slowly until you hit an inflection point or force for change, at which point they start to change much more quickly. New ideas eventually mature and stabilize over time. And so for those that can capture those changes while the world's changing quickly, they'll benefit or have increases in performance if if they've done that well. Yes, yes. And COVID-19 was definitely a force for that change. Now we want to be the ones who capture that trend over time. Exactly. So another way of saying this is the forces that have shaped our financial futures, the geopolitical tensions and economic policies and political ideas and new technology, these are all now being magnified. And investors can think about it in one of two ways, what we call acceleration versus ideation. The first is an acceleration of pre-existing trends, something that maybe would have taken 20 years to play out might now take only two or three years to play out. And then the second category is ideation or totally new realities, conditions in some asset classes, sectors, or geographies that might just change entirely. Yeah. And what I love about the piece is that it still highlights really valuable investment insights, but it's thinking bigger picture and in terms of ideas or themes rather than rush into this strategy or run to, you know, book that trade. It's a valuable exercise and it's also good hygiene for investors. Big picture thinking can help you stay focused on your goals and long-term strategies rather than the ebb and flow and daily moves of the market. So 
in this piece, we had seven ideas for how the world will change. And each of them have several really interesting tidbits. And I'm afraid that we're probably going to lose actually a lot of the value by trying to keep it big picture. But Robert, did you have a favorite among all those ideas? Last time we did this, you told me to love all of our insights children equally. So I'm not allowed to pick a favorite today. <laughs> all right. But I'll start off with our future cities idea because we live in a city. So it felt right at home with me, set right at home. And there's definitely no doubt that COVID-19 will impact the way that we plan for and move within our cities. Uh, public transit and close proximity to people really don't work with social distancing. And I didn't even really like taking the subway before COVID. Robert thinks that Brooklyn might as well be Kansas. It's just so far, like I need a passport. <laughs> <laughs> but look how the world has changed. Exactly. And some of those things that we spell out about the future of cities are really interesting. They're less than obvious. For example, most people have been talking about how city-based office buildings and retail are taking a hit from this environment. And that's definitely true. But that doesn't mean that these things will disappear. Frankly, that's an old school way of thinking about these things. And, and we think that there's actually opportunity there. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention one thing that really surprised me in this future cities topic, which had to do with e-commerce. E-commerce made up only 4.6% of total retail in 2010. That shocked me. That's like the like Amazon, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just, that, that seems so low. But can you guess how much that number is in January 2020? Well, I know the answer now because of the outlook, but I would have guessed like 50%. Totally. I thought similarly, but actually in Q1 2020, e-commerce was only 11.8% of total retail. So much retail is still done in stores. And that's, yes, that's not to say that e-commerce share of retail won't, won't keep increasing, but- what it does mean is that companies leveraging that pre-existing trend probably still have a lot of room to grow, right? Exactly. And so that's one side of things, that acceleration of an old trend, but other companies will have to be totally innovative. Some businesses were already considering experiences in stores, for example, as a component of their sales. And that's only going to grow from here. Think virtual reality makeovers. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. Um, but there's definitely more to stores in a city. Universities are in cities. And there's a lot of people questioning whether students will even come back. State and local governments will face changes because people will start to move to areas with more space. Yes, again, all very true. But again, there are opportunities alongside these changes. So what if fewer people are willing to pay university prices? Maybe we get stronger online and technical training, which strengthens labor force participation over time. Or what if state and local governments can leverage th this state of emergency and invest in infrastructure and productive capacity? Oh my gosh, if a clean NYC subway can be achieved, anything could be achieved. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing that there are opportunities with municipal bonds, infrastructure investment, like, like broadband and 5G and, and maybe new ways of transportation, and then commercial and residential real estate are all there. Yes, but... If you looked at that list, you would say, you must be crazy to think all of these things are good investments. In fact, active management is going to be so important because there are going to be winners and losers in all of the different asset classes you outlined. So it's important to have someone help identify where and when those trends are shifting and be positioned accordingly. Yes. All right. So we just got done one of, what is it, seven themes. 
we can probably only do one more of these themes in depth for sake of time. Which one do you want to go for? Let's talk ESG. Oh, a two for one. All right, let's do it. Yes, absolutely. So we have topics in this piece about inequality and populism, as well as energy and climate change. And they're actually very different. And I'm asking over a bit of their value by putting them together. But the general idea is this. The forces that gave rise to ESG investing and more sustainable business generally prior to the pandemic, things like investments in technology, climate change, adaption, social norms, they've only accelerated because of COVID. Yeah, COVID struck in the late stages of an economic expansion, just as the labor force participation was broadening and wages were rising. That shutdown cut that advancement off at the knees and that some families could work from home and others couldn't, you get widening income inequality. Yes, and and we've felt that a lot over the past several months. It's been front and center of our attention span. But one of the things when we looked into this topic, thinking about inequality, we found that protests and that inequality behind them has actually been rising for the past 10 years. So you can really feel it in recent months, but it's it's not actually a new trend. Yeah. And, and oil shocks and environmental concerns about climate change and infectious diseases have also received a lot of attention. Yes, all of the above. And so Looking ahead, investors will increasingly be required to consider governmental responses to climate risks. Regulatory change, carbon tax, higher required public investment generally, and that too will create winners and losers in the corporate sector, which in turn will require active management of credit and default risks. Yes, and we finally saw that winners and losers trade-off in numbers this year. In the market drawdown up to March 26th, ESG investment strategies were less impacted than most active and passive strategies. This benefit applied across size and sector of securities. That data is so important because over time, even when investors have thought that, you know, maybe they maybe they thought ESG investing was the right thing to do, or maybe a very long-term strategy that it didn't really play out in the numbers. And now we see that it does. And There are lots of really good investable ideas in here, but the big picture is this. Companies that fail to transform their business models to focus on environmental impact, social good, solid governance, they'll be replaced by others that have adaptive flexibility to thrive in a world that values smart, clean, healthy activities. All right. Uh, Very well said, but we are completely out of time for the other four ideas in this piece. So should we rapid fire through them? Okay, let's give it to them in like two, three sentences. Go. It's asking a lot. All right. Big businesses win big. COVID-19 might have accelerated the growth of large U.S. companies. Uh, What can we learn from conglomerates in other countries to take advantage of that trend? I'll give you a hint. Let's look less at styles like value or growth and more at characteristics like good governance and innovation. Nice one. All right. Next one. Globalization. Everyone is talking about deglobalization as a result of trade wars and fear about supply chains breaking down for health concerns. And yeah, some companies will opt to move production back to the U.S. But the theme isn't deglobalization, it's resilience. Companies may want to reshore their essential production, or they may globalize further, expanding production to sites to protect against the shutdown in any one site. Or they may double down on production in a country that has a lot of sales for them, like China, producing in China for China, just as an example. Lots of cross currents across the world there. 
but you can't forget about the digital trend changes that we're seeing. The value of customer data is very well understood right now, but COVID-19 has accelerated that need to collect and analyze and protect and invest in that data, surveillance, capital investment, robotics, you know, you've got warehouses of the future that rely less on people, you name it, all of these digital trends have been changed by the COVID-19 crisis. Amazing. A really, really good acceleration and ideation trend. So for the last idea in our rapid fire, we can't leave out our own industry, investment management. Expectations for lower for longer interest rates are nothing new, but this latest economic shock and policy approach used to address it have solidified low rates for many investors. This has big implications for the industry. Economic cycles may be longer, but end more abruptly, which makes active management more important. Valuations may be higher on average, but overall returns would then be lower. And that means some investors will have to save more. Some may consider building income not only in fixed income sleeve of their portfolio, but with a diversified allocation of stocks and bonds. For others with appropriate risk tolerance and longer time horizon, they may need to reconsider their mix of insurance and investment products. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of ideas. It really is. And look, we don't have a crystal ball or know exactly what will happen. And that's why it's so important to remain humble in the face of these big shifts in the world around us. Past crises and pandemics are probably unlikely to give clear clues as to the path ahead. So instead, we're thoughtfully watching the changes that will come and open to opportunities that they provide us and open to sharing those ideas with you. Yes. So let's embrace innovation and creativity. The sectors and styles that have done well at the beginning of new economic cycles in the past may not provide the same value into the future. Companies and investors will need to evolve. That's it for today's special episode. And what a good one we have. It makes me proud to be a part of an organization that's seen so many economic and market cycles and that takes innovation and creative thinking very seriously. I couldn't agree more, but we'll be back on Monday for more normal episodes of Market Matters. Yes, and in the meantime, you can still let us know what matters to you. Yes, please do. If you have a question or topic of interest, contact us on social media. That's right. We get so many of your good questions and what matters to you and your clients just by finding us on LinkedIn. Also follow our views at nylinvestments.com forward slash blog. And until then, I am Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. 
The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.